You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Like nobody would ever have my band play the Four Seasons in Boston. Meanwhile, I'm like going in there and like they have my Evian water ready and they're like, is everything okay? Do you want us to valet your car? It's like, Yeah. I love this. And what, what what are you here for? I'm the DJ. Oh, you're the DJ? And everyone always hooks you up. You could be talking to the doorman. Hey, how come you're here? Bro, I'm just DJ. And they take mm-hmm. your car. It doesn't even matter. That's their job. They're valet drivers, Ben. Yeah, but when you say you're the DJ, it's like you don't even have to pay them. <laughs> They're like, sir, we have to take everyone's car. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just doing our job. She's got her spritzer in true form. Okay, so here we go. With spritzer in hand, everybody, welcome to another episode of 2020. I'm Siobhan Cronin with Corey and Ben as always. And we are back with my darling, my partner, my string goddess, cellist, the amazing Zuzana Z, darling, all of the various names I call her. She's in Lost Symphony. She's she's in Lost Symphony now. She's in Lost Symphony. She is in Star Set. She is so much more than all of these things. She is wonderful. She was my one of my dearest friends. So I am super happy that you came back to join us. And for all the the binge listeners that love all the Star Set episodes, here is more Z content for you. Yeah, hello, everybody. <laughs> that was a very grand entrance. <laughs> I'm trying to sorry. emulate Ben because Ben is like the king of the grand the grand intros. So I'm trying to learn. I'm take I'm taking a page from his book today. And I'm oh, trying to okay. be extra descriptive with introducing yeah. everyone. The problem is that yeah. we run out of things to talk about because it's all covered in the intro. <laughs> but one thing we did leave out is uh, the Raiders like house band. Which, yeah, exactly. Like, so, okay, Corey coming in to save us all. As, as football season is winding you know, down here, like let's let's talk about that. That's mm-hmm. a pretty cool gig. It's pretty amazing. And it's, it's pretty intense to, I mean, it literally holds 65,000 people. And it's literally packed every game. So how do you play take me out to the ball game on the cello? I think that's a baseball thing, right? Baseball, football, that's all the same. Well, isn't football just just like like European for soccer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so is that what we're talking? Isn't that what we're talking about? Like there's like the Raiders are the biggest soccer team in the United States, I think. (laughs) Oh, I saw a video uh, recently, and I think you guys were doing like the the Trans Siberian style of Carol the Bells, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was actually uh, David Perico's arrangement of. Uh, it was yeah. that, but it was like that heavy like version yeah. that like we're we're used to hearing. Yeah, that was pretty fun to play. Nice. So, how did that like come about? Because that's an interesting gig. So last year, um, just right before I went on a tour of its star set, um, David got a call and. Uh, we actually um, went for audition. There were like a couple other bands who were auditioning. Um, so we auditioned and um, I didn't know what the results are until I was midway through the tour. And then I found out that he actually got the gig. 
So, so that was pretty amazing. Um, so last year was our first season, and um, it's pretty intense. I mean, it's we don't really play more than like 25, 30 minutes total, but uh, we play a little bit before the game, probably about three, four songs, you know, when people are coming to the stadium and sitting down. And then uh, during the game, you know, every time there is a touchdown, we play like a Raiders Nation touchdown song. And those are all like a 20 seconds, 30 seconds songs. But it's a pretty long day and you have to be literally on the call. Like there is like no time, no time to like screw around, you know? Yeah. You don't want to be in the bathroom and then hear touchdown. I was thinking yes. the same thing. Yeah. So wait, who, who like, okay. So if there's a touchdown, who is the person that is like getting you right? Is David, it like David has um, a person who is basically running the, the show uh, talking. Okay. In 10 seconds, you're going to, you know, when there is touchdown, we, we already know that we have that, we have the touchdown segment. We have to have it ready. You know, we all have mm-hmm. charts and uh, we have to have that ready at all times, you know, because you just never know when there's going to be a touchdown, you know. I don't understand why can't they just like film you playing it once and then just press play and it looks like you're playing it for the first time every time. <laughs> because we are a live band. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have to know it. You'd be like the moon landing where they just make it seem like it's a real thing, but it's just yeah. clearly like a studio lounge. Right. But no, that's not how it works. <laughs> You're trying to take jobs away from musicians, Ben. Let's turn everyone to a DJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that takes away the magic of the live music. Exactly. I know we we've been having like uh, discussions offline about you know how tough it is to be a, a musician, uh, especially like one one that's that's hopping around to multiple gigs. I know Siobhan, you had some some experiences recently just uh, dealing with the business side and and booking oh. and all that stuff. And Z, you have your own entertainment uh company as well uh, mm-hmm. doing doing events like that we i know we touched on it in the last uh last time we, last time we spoke but can you just kind of give a summary of what you do uh when you're not being a rock star on tour so i also um have my own company and it's it's called las vegas music oasis and it's basically uh, uh, most most of our gigs are wedding ceremonies and cocktail hours. And re- recently, we played a reception where the requests were uh, Bollywood music, which Darling actually wrote some of my arrangements for this for this gig, and it went really really well. It was it was. Wait, I thought you were just a cat burglar. I see all these videos of you <laughs> with like these really pretty girls with like violins and stuff. But like, you just look you're going to like Caesar's Palace or something. I just figured you were stealing something. All a heist. <laughs> um, no, no, that'd be a really good con. Those girls could totally like be like Velociraptors. One of them's looking at you. You're really cool. Come up right behind you. Take your wallet. Boom, out of there. <laughs> it's really hard today, you know, to be a musician, and I'm pretty pretty sure Siobhan deals with the same stuff as I do. You know, when people want to book you. They expect a lot for very small amount of money, you know, and we all paid our dues and put a lot of work in into what we do and we studied all those hours practicing, you know, we all have degrees and Yeah, but my nephew plays guitar, so I could just get him to come in for like, you know, fifty bucks and like a ham sandwich. So well, and I saw someone yeah. last week they they were playing they were playing cello in the park and that guy only wanted $100 for 3 hours. 
So, like, why would I not hire that dude? They, you both play cello. Well, I mean, you can. You know, I mean, you basically get what do you pay for. The cheap comes out expensive, as Marilyn Million from the People's Court always <laughs> says. It's totally true. I don't know, Siobhan, how do you feel about it? I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you have experiences. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this part it's, of business. It's, it's, it's like a massive conversation. And as Corey referenced, I mean, it's and you know this. I mean, you're constantly dealing with trying to explain to people and educate them on what is going into what they're buying because you know it's musicians aren't widgets right it's not like you just go and you you go to target to buy an ipod or something and they are all presumably the same right but musicians are different you're dealing with people that have different levels of training different skills for example you with your company it's like you know, somebody wants Bollywood music. Okay, but there's no Bollywood arrangements for string trio or a trio with piano, you know, so that's going to take somebody that has the skill to do that, that's going to do it in a refined way, or just the fact that you know somebody that can do that. So that in itself is an asset, you know, and it's, it's a lot of time, it's really hard to explain to people that, you know, this is of immense value because if it weren't, then go ahead and do it yourself. There should be a movement that we need to, if it's not already started, we need to start it of just awareness. We need to like rent like some like ad time, you, you know, that movement. Uh, hashtag musicians too, or something. I don't know. That'd be something. <laughs> I call it a bowel movement. Yeah. I want to tell you a metaphor about what the music industry is right now. So today, Siobhan and I had a very wonderful conversation about how she needs to brand herself better. And Susanna, <laughs> like you as well. Was it a lecture? Well, well, it was a lecture because let me tell you what happened the other night. So Paul Lorenzo, the drummer from La Symphony, our band that we're all in, he and I are, are lamenting that nobody cares about, first off, anything in landscape format. So you can't even watch anything in 16 by nine anymore. You got to watch it in this portrait, real format, that's literally just the phone cut out. And Paul's like, nobody cares about my music. Nobody cares about my drumming. And I'm like, but you're funny. He's like, who cares? I'm like, but if you tell people that you're funny, you show them that it'll draw them to your music. And he seemed very depressed. So I said, watch this. I pointed my phone in his face. I said, Paul Lorenzo, drummer from Lost Symphony. Do you have any advice for anybody? And he goes, no. Take that, cut it up, put it on the internet immediately. By the time we were done recording drums, he had 1,400 hits, which is more than the people that have seen him this entire year perform. We're content creators. That's what we are. We create content, and our secondary thing is being a musician. So if Siobhan wants to have people listen to her music and pay more for her as a gig, they need to see her in their stories ahead of time doing cool things with social proof. And then they'll be like, I don't mind spending that extra money on her. I saw her in my story, and she seems like she's smart. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's about branding. I mean, it's like, you know, you know that when you go to Louis Vuitton that that's the product and that's the cost and you have to be prepared to pay that. You're not going to go and be like, oh, yes, but there is also a canvas bag at Sears that's $25. So how about you give it to me for 25 Like, no, that's just not what it is. Right. But, you know, also on top of that, the onus is also that you have to establish that brand, which I agree with. You know, it's like, you know, you do kind of have to do some of that upfront work of, like making it very obvious that this is who I am. This is what I'm worth. This is what I can do. And and sometimes that's harder to do because a lot of people are just so disconnected from the music industry. They just don't get that value. What's right. the number three of the list that I gave you today for yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I think you forgot what number three was, but you said. No, that one you, forgot it. you forgot. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. 
So, well, so, so what's yeah, number ben, three? Ben's, Ben's list of things that I had to work on this year was number one is self-love. Number two is self-confidence. <laughs> <What>? Number number, <laughs> number three is accepting oh that one and two are true. Okay, so on with, with the Louis Vuitton reference. So when you walk into Louis Vuitton, you don't expect to buy a Louis Vuitton trunk for $40 because it has Louis Vuitton on it. Because you believe that even if it's not high quality, that it's Louis Vuitton and therefore it's worth it. That's number three on your list is walking into Siobhan's house and knowing that you are the Louis Vuitton and that if someone were to take you out, that they should know the value and that no one ever questions because that's what your problem is. People want to beat you down because they don't know your value. And what I'm telling you is your brand is projecting your value. So they already know what you're worth before they even talk to you. Yeah, but see, like when you say, okay, so because people, they don't know your values, like if they look at Chavan's videos of her skills, you know, like that to me should be knowing the value. You know what I mean? I agree. I I mean, I agree, but that's what what frustrates me. Yeah. No, and I'm sure you should talk more about that because like I, yeah, I think it's something we all struggle with because even, but even having a presence on social media sometimes I'm surprised. I think a lot of people just don't even pay attention or they don't even look, you know, they just don't even know. They're just like, oh, here's somebody who's got violin in her name and she's located in the place that I'm looking for a violinist. And so they just assume like whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but they're not looking to see what what my profile is or what my background is. And, you know, maybe they don't care. I don't know. But that's well, that's home. That's real time feedback. That's finding out that literally nobody gives a fuck. You're right. Nobody cares about you. So if Paul's sitting there making a funny wittyism or sharing a picture of his cat, all of a sudden it gets likes. So what I've realized is, if you want people to listen to your music and care about you, you just have to make all this completely superfluous entertainment for people about cats and dogs and life that they can all laugh about. And then all of a sudden you'll get subscribers and then they'll actually watch what's important to you. And then you get sucked into just being a content creator and and lose all semblance of whatever your initial dream was. And you get sucked into the algorithm and your life becomes a meaningless loop of dopamine hits and likes right mm. <laughs> well anyway come i mean no but before we get too derail i mean coming back to z because we can't assume that everybody has watched our podcast before so we've got we've got z who is my bandmate in star set and we were talking about the fact that she runs a business and does a lot of these other amazing things plays with the raiders house band but let, i mean let's come back and talk about like your your business and how you what made you decide to start it and how you've gone about starting it and maybe I mean maybe so us or anyone that's listening can learn about what that's like and some of the things that you go through I mean like we were talking you know what started this is that recently you had some requests for Bollywood music which is not your typical wedding request you know and so that involved you asking me to write some arrangements and having to negotiate with the people hiring you like how to make this work so I mean yeah talk talk a little bit about your business the reason why I really started this was uh, to have something for future because I feel like uh, I'm not going to be always touring and traveling. You know, we will get to the age where it's going to get harder and harder. But having business like this, it's, you know, you can run this business and be 100. <laughs> Even though, you know, you don't you don't attend these weddings as a player, you know, you can you still have musicians you can send to these weddings and you can still, you know, laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you brought up a good point because I mean, I DJ, right? And mm-hmm. I always joke around about how people, I, I do the neurotic guitarist, the neuroticguitarist.com, and I have all these crazy guitars. And one of the first questions is, are you rich? And the answer is no, but I DJ. 
So like, you know, it's like, what band are you in? It's like, doesn't matter that I'm in Lost Symphony. We play with Marty Friedman and Jeff Loomis and Satchel and Ollie Herbert. That's not the reason I have all these guitars. It's because I do weddings because that's something that that's a commodity. That's what people need. So even though you're in star set, a band with billions, with a B streams, you're thinking about how when you get older, you can automate it, that you can get your other Jedi string players to do this because there's a demand. So it's crazy because when I'm doing my DJing thing, I can make more money doing that than a lot of my friends who are playing huge festivals. And it's a much more sustainable business. And that's crazy that, that I can go and press play and put on Earth, Wind & Fire and have people give me more money than some of my friends going and playing in front of 40,000 people in Stockholm. Like, do you want to speak to that as somebody who's doing the wedding industry while being in star set? I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but uh, when it comes to my business, I feel like people are always going to get married. I, you know, I'm located in Vegas and there is never, I mean, there's always people coming to get married in Vegas, no matter if it's, if it's summer, if it's winter, you know? And um, so so yeah, that was another thing that I kept in my mind, you know, that, that, I mean, that's people never going to stop getting it's married. It's future proof. You know? And it's, yeah, it's yeah, future proof. Exactly. That's yeah, a, yeah, it's and, a constant industry for sure. Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, my gosh, I started like four or five years ago, this company, I mean, the first year I had no idea what I was doing, you know, and, <laughs> and I had to learn to be firm with putting my foot down with what I need, you know, in order to provide them with excellent service. And um, because, you know, people will use you. You have to yeah. be very, very upfront about what it costs. And it's like sometimes it's very hard, you know, because you know that they're paying a lot of money for cake. They're paying a lot of money mm -hmm. for flowers. And it is frustrating Sometimes, you know, to feel like the musicians are basically on the bottom of the list. I just want to say this, that I lost one of my friends for 25 years of my life because mm -hmm. I was trying to help him by DJing his wedding and he wanted to spend $500, which you probably know is the ch I charge way more than that. And I was like, dude, come on, at least give me like a thousand. That's like the lo lowest friend price I would have ever done. Like I'm a, I'm a high tier DJ. And he kept talking to me about how he needed to get imported beer for all his friends. And he was paying for the beer out of his pocket. And I'm like, dude, first off, he was Jewish and had very specific things that he wanted that like only other Jews would know. And I'm like, you're just going to hire a Jamoke for $150 and be like, yeah, I hope you know how to say like, you know, uh, all, all, you know, all the order of what Jews do, because like we're very specific people. But like <laughs> he actually accused me of trying to poach him. And shake him down for money by being like, I'm worth a thousand dollars. And his whole family, like who I've known since I was a child, was like, oh, yeah, no, he was just trying to like screw Josh out of money. When I'm like, I'm trying to save your wedding. He literally said to me, well, I could just put on an iPod. He has people coming from around the world. It's like you're going to have people come from around the world, go to someone's backyard. and You're going to be like, hey, man, thanks for coming. Here's my Dave Matthews band remix. Yeah. But the thing is, he totally <laughs> could do that. And. 
it would just be it's no longer you know a an interactive event that people are going to remember you know like like exactly. that it's just different experience it, there's listen you can totally hire your nephew to play guitar in the corner of your party and and you know you just just be hey good job buddy like that's great but no one's going to be talking about that you know like like the the p- entertainers at weddings and, and events and corporate events and all those things they have so much to do with the atmosphere that uh you know people they not they might not remember every detail of it, but they're going to remember the quality of of what was going on. I know whenever I'm doing corporate or or like wedding events, and half the time we are off to the side, you know, completely you know isolated from the actual activity that's going on, and it's like oh, no one even cares we're here, you know, whatever, just doing this, you know, paid practice kind of gig, and you know, we always do our best and everything. And then on the way out, I'll have. 15 20 people come over like you guys were phenomenal like we were we were in the back corner we we're listening the whole time like had such like and then they'll go we talked to if it's a corporate we talked to the the planner they're gonna have you back for the next one and and like and it's like Amazing. oh it's like oh wait, people actually cared that we were here if it was just a radio playing you know those people might have left earlier you know or they might they might not have like it might have just been oh, it was a crappy work party we just had some free drinks at the open bar and left but like you don't realize how important it is to have the quality if you're trying to put on a quality event you can't skimp on something as important as the entertainment mm-hmm. like that and expect all the money you're spending on everything else to be you know carry that over for the entertainment mm-hmm. of everyone and absolutely i agree 100 percent. and you know sometimes you get brides that um you know, you you tell them your price for whatever they want, and that's it. You know, they don't even blink. But then you have, you know, you have brides or grooms or whatever clients who, you know, just wants all kinds of discounts, you know, for a lot mm-hmm. of work. And I agree. When you have a live um, entertainment and, you know, like, for example, like when we have a string quartet at the wedding, you know, and then I see that on the reviews when, when I get the reviews from, from my events, you know, and everybody, I mean, literally everybody is talking about like the atmosphere and how magical it was to have a strings, you know, at, at the wedding and, and the girls look so nice and sounded beautiful. And, you know, it's just, can I tell you what sucks? Is I'm friends with you and Siobhan, and I do weddings all the time, and I'm around string quartets, and I'm just like, oh, your intonation sucks. <laughs> like, I hear the, like, all the hard, everything sounds wrong. Because first off, Corey, I, I used to think I was in tune and I played in time, and then Corey, like, used to show me, con- that's not in tune, that's not in time, you have to do it again. And to the point where now I'm, I just record everything to a DI, so I'm like, fix it, it's a clean signal. If it, it's, it, let, just make it fake. Because I just, I suck so much. But now that I've learned to hear how much I suck, I hear how much everyone else sucks. And when Siobhan's like, I, I haven't practiced this. But then she's playing like Paganini perfectly at 275 BPM. Or I listen to, number or I listen to you. Or I'm, like, I'm going through my stories. Again, I'm going through my stories. I'm drinking my coffee on the toilet. And I'm like, oh, wow. Look at. Look at Z just murdering it on the cello. And then the next one's Marco. Z Ben is watching you while he's on the toilet. Let's just That's where everyone watches you. Listen. (laughs) And drinking coffee while on the toilet, which is an interesting combination. Well, that's how I go. But (laughs) But don't you realize that's how everyone consumes their information. If you can't be consumed on your iPhone in the bathroom while you're drinking your coffee on your two second break at work, no one cares. If you can grab their attention then. That's how you know. So when she's playing, like, I don't know, like the theme to whatever, and it's like beautiful, I'm commenting on it. That's, even though I'm friends with Z, even though I know she's amazing, I've seen her play, every time it reminds me, oh, she's so good. 
That's sweet. And they're so nice bad. Job. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Everyone else sounds like shit compared to you guys because now I've heard what good sounds like. It's like when you listen to speakers and you're like, that sounds good in your car stereo. And then you go over to your billionaire friend's house. He's like, listen to this and blows you away like back to the future. That's what it's like. You hear like a string quartet. You're like, oh, cool. They sound pretty cool. And then you hear you girls. It's like, I have video of you girls with Marco doing the middle section of the new Lost Symphony song. And I'll play it for like my mom. And I'm like, aren't you proud of me? I had something to Aww. do with this. Like, literally, that's the most proud I've ever been. Shota Nakama, who came on this sh the show, who did the, all the soundtrack for Final Fantasy, he was standing there while you girls were performing. And I was just looking at him like, see? I think my favorite Shota moment from this entire experience was like, on a level of 1 to 10, what was your rating of the chaos of this experience? And he was like, about a 9. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's you know that's what Lost Symphony is is by far. Is a nine out of ten. Is it it's, it's organized chaos. It's eleven. More <laughs> emphasis on the chaos with a slight bit of organization, which is the only reason we have ever actually released anything. But the chaos is definitely the primary um, function of that band. Did we tell Z we have a new album she needs to play on? <sighs> what? Uh, what? All the new songs. We're gonna have to record more stuff. Marco's already on it. Yeah. Okay. So. While you guys were doing other things like playing for the Raiders and, you know, touring with Starset, I was recording songs with Paul Lorenzo, our drummer, and I decided that our new song that's so grandiose might be complex for people to digest. So then I wrote a bunch of badass metal, sent it to Corey. He affirmed that it wasn't that bad. And then Siobhan's like, this stuff's pretty cool. So I said, you know what? Let's put some strings on this, too. And Mariko, because she's my real-life friend, still puts strings on everything, because here's the great thing about her. She could be playing with Adele, and the whole time she's thinking... I hope somebody calls me and asks me to play on a death metal song. <laughs> dude, her fucking slides and glissandos. Dude, no one glissandos like Marco. <laughs> you, you have a special talent for talking about people that aren't on this podcast right now. Just throwbacks to previous awesome episodes. Fair, you guys can go enough, check out. Fair enough. I think Mariko went home. I think she went What's home that? to see her dad. I think she went to Japan. For like well, a week or something, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. Adele is uh, is on a break until I think like the twenty first, and I think it goes back yeah. to every weekend until end of March. I think I've never had much of a desire to go to Vegas. No offense, um, I'm not a gambler, and like I don't like spending a ton of money on like. Hey, never you've never been? I've never been. Wow, you gotta come visit. You gotta me. go once. Absolutely. I, I was going to say, I would love to see the shows. I think, I think that would be really cool. And obviously to hang out with you guys. Um, mm -hmm. So we have to add that to the list. Um, one thing uh, in terms of having a business like that, an entertainment company in an area like Vegas or even Miami, like which are, you know, pretty big destinations. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of events and stuff going on. And Siobhan, you also kind of dip into the keys a bit, which is another world, you know, world famous destination. I also, you know, since I work in the same industry doing weddings and, and corporate events and stuff like that, but I'm in Boston, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, but it's not like this destination. So I feel like the pool of, you know, talent and the competition here is probably a lot different than what you're dealing with where you guys are. Can you talk a little bit about uh, breaking in to, to the industry and the, and the, that area of performing and how difficult it is to establish yourself and, and what that looked like? When I uh, moved to Vegas, uh, it took me about six months to get in because, you know, you move here, nobody knows who you are. So, um, so I basically, um, 
send out uh, audition tapes and, um, you know, basically knocked on the doors. And I started to be called as a sub, uh, like, for example, with David's band, um, uh, with Pop Strings. Um, I was just called for the subs a few times. And then uh, there was an opening for a cellist. Um, and I basically, basically got in. So in this band, there's two cellists. There's two first violinists, two second violinists, two violists, and two cellists. So six string players. Um, the good advantage for me was that I was a female and a string player. And people are always, yes, yes. <laughs> people are always looking for female string players in Vegas. I mean, it's it's great for us, but I know a lot of male cellists who are incredible. And, you know, they don't work as much as us because, you know, they're guys. Boring. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but yeah, it took me about six months. And, um, yeah, and then I sent my audition tapes for, uh, you know, Bella, Bella Electric Strings. And um, the same owner, Nina DiGregorio, also had a Femmes of Rock band, which is, I don't know if I ever mentioned that to you guys, but it's basically uh, the repertoire is all classic rock. And basically, there's a four female string players in front of the band, and um, we play all classic rock medleys. Um, and um, so the original four girls is all violin players. But sometimes when you know people get busy, then she started to started to hire in cellists. Um, and mm. so I was I was one of their cellists to play. You know, whatever Hotel California, so guitar <laughs> hits solos you know and and whatever it was a, like a lot of fun and um so that was another band that i got into um i don't play as much with them anymore because i'm touring with star set so you know their schedule yeah. is very busy and um you know it right what about in terms of your own your own company and like kind of you know obviously you you know you're great at what you do. So you, you got into those gigs and, and you're killing it with them, but then to have to then go and, and then, you know, those are established acts to then go on your own and say, Hey, hire me, please. What was that like? Yes. So at first it was just my name. Um, and I was like, okay, I got to have a website and like try to, you know, get gigs. So, um, so I just build a website and, um, I build a profile on, I think it was a gig master. I don't know if it's still around gigmaster.com yeah yeah a lot of those I'm, I'm listed on a lot of those too so that i think that's a huge like entry point for yeah i don't know if you people. know gig salad mm -hmm. that's another company so i was on that and eventually i i got hired to play wedding ceremonies for different companies you know like mm -hmm. they needed a cellist for a string trio um or string duo and i kind of like the business i like you know the way how um I just like the events, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe this would be good for me to have like my own and then kind of have like my own idea of how I want to run my business, you know, how I want it to look. Because there were like few things that I didn't like, you know, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do it that way, you know. Like what? Um, like charts, for example. Charts were like all over the place, you know, they were like literally not even for string players, you know. Or mm -hmm. you get a chart with like chords, guitar chords, you know, and then like just figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the way how um, the other players were dressed. You know what I mean? Like it was not like classy enough for me or and I'm not trying to yeah. like I'm not trying to be like 
wrote about it. You know, I just I had no. like my own own picture in my head how I would like that to look. You know. But that comes that comes back to the branding. I mean, you're you're totally right. And this is like you know to to highlight that you get what you pay for. Like it's it was the same for me. You know, like I would show up to gigs and if it was a low paying gig for a wedding, the person would be flying in because they just came in from some other gig and they're rushing and they've got a million sheets of paper. And you're right. It's like here's a piano chart. And we're just going to read it, and it always ends up sounding terrible. It doesn't right. work. Everyone's frantic. It's not well rehearsed, you know, and people know that like if something is wrong, it looks chaotic, it sounds chaotic, you know, mm -hmm. but then it's like there's a disconnect between like, well, why did that happen? It's like, well, because, you know, that's what you paid for and people only put in as much work as they're going to for that for that price. Well, that's really important because that's something that I because I'm not a cheap DJ when I DJ and people will be like, why are you so expensive? And I always say, because I'm worth it. Because people are willing to pay. <laughs> well, well, because people, well, yeah, that's the, what's the difference between a $1,000 violinist and a $10,000 violinist? The $10,000 violinist asks for it. And they get better gigs. <laughs> it's like, but, well, that's the truth. So that's what I was about yeah. to get at because I find all the gigs that are cheap and people beat me down that little bit. Those people make you work harder and they're the ones that ask for their money back versus the people that are like really easy going. And that's why I've always put myself as a premium service and said that to people because. I say, listen, if you're hiring me, you already know that I'm good at what I do. What I also am good at is making things easy for you and communicating. You know what I mean? It's not like I can't just build your bathroom. I'll let you know how long it's going to take and actually show up when I say I'm going to. And like, and that's a huge thing for people. And like what you're, what you're saying is, guess what? All the gigs that you do, like I, I started doing high-end weddings and I always thought to myself, I would not be allowed here if I wasn't playing here. Like, nobody would ever have my band play the Four Seasons in Boston. Meanwhile, I'm, like, going in there, and, like, they have my Evian water ready, and they're like, is everything okay? Do you want us to valet your car? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love this. And what, what, what are you here for? I'm the DJ. Oh, you're the DJ? And everyone always hooks you up. You could be talking to the doorman. Hey, how come you're here? Bro, I'm just DJing. And they take your car. It doesn't even matter. That's their job. They're valet drivers, Ben. Yeah, but when you say you're the DJ, it's like you don't even have to pay them. They're like, sir, we have to take everyone's car. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're just doing our job. It's it's just cool to see what you guys are doing, like, you know, at that that premium level and having that integrity in, in those locations. Um, mm -hmm. Siobhan, when you were doing the stuff in Miami, like, what was that like? What, did you do the same thing? Did you, did you join in with other like projects and, and groups and is that how you kind of establish yourself to the point now where you're you know booking out other people yeah I mean a lot of it was like being hired by other companies I mean obviously I came here and I really didn't know that many people and you know I was in the classical scene so I guess that's kind of how I met you know I got into certain ensembles like the ballet or the symphony and so that's how I kind of met other string players and then inevitably you know I mean I don't know about Vegas per se but Miami is an interesting scene in the sense that there is an overabundance of events and concerts and things and not an overly saturated market. Like if you think of New York or LA where it's like the best of the best, there's they're everywhere in every block. Right. You know, so here it was like at the time that I moved, there wasn't, there were a lot of people looking for entertainment or for people to play, but not really a lot of super strong people. So if you mm. were like one of the violinists that could play like in tune and in rhythm, you were like <laughs> already kind of like one of the top picks, you know? And then if you could dress well and you could be professional and 
I mean, it sounds really silly, but that was like kind of a hard thing to find here at the time. I've noticed the biggest thing, and I think it's a universal truth that we have touched on before, but I think it's important to say is if you're cool, it goes so far. Because I've I've done a lot of gigs where the you know the event coordinator or the planner will come over and they're out of their mind they're stressed out it's the day of the and there's and then like oh we we need to push back dinner can you play for another like twenty minutes well yeah whatever that's fine and like that kind of thing goes so far in terms of us getting repeat bookings at like nice venues uh, then I guess a lot of people and I, I know this is probably like the older groups that I, I see that are just so they've been doing this too long and aren't able to find joy in it anymore. And I think they treat people kind of shitty just over it. Yeah. And, they, and I, but I think they take it out on like, you know, if you're doing events, the everyone else, the vendors, they're on your team. Like, you know, so you like, you should be cool with everyone that's like, you know, behind the well, scenes. Hold on. There. There's the opposite of that too, because we're in Boston. So there's a lot of <clears throat> Berkeley kids that get right out of school and they join these bands that get paid 10 or $15,000. And like, I've seen these people and they're like entitled and they're just a bunch of assholes that show up and they're entitled. They got to, they got to pay off that Berkeley debt, man. <laughs> yeah. And, but they yeah. think that they're entitled to do all this stuff because they're better than everyone. And it's like, bro, don't tell me until you play gigs for literally nobody for 10 weeks straight and you still show up. Mm-hmm. But there's, the, the, here's the crazy part. No one comes into your bar and yet it took you an hour to find parking. Explain that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not on the side of booking the events and hiring musicians and stuff, but mm-hmm. the things that you have to keep in mind and the ways to stay top of mind like that, um, it, it, it goes a long way just to be respectful and have the quality of talent it's almost Mm -hmm. it's almost too easy if you just actually consider those things right but you know there's there's like a thin line between having people to use you and be nice for you know be nice to them for what they're asking you to do you know like when you mentioned, like, you know, sometimes like you guys are going, you're on the way to the gig and, and, and your, your singer calls you like, oh, I just heard this song, you know, we're just listening to it. We're going to play it. You know, it's a little, it's a little <laughs> different, you know, but, uh, but these ensembles, you know, I should, I should specify we're a four piece or five piece band, like, you know, drums, bass, guitars. Yeah, and I vocals. have a lot of respect for that, that you can, I guess, yeah. can just listen to the song and then just kill it, you know? Yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about like, you know, all the intricacies of a string. So it's a, it's a little bit of like apples and oranges, but more so it's, it's, I was trying to explain like the way we look at the gigs. Like I would never like, right, if, I've, played, I've played with other yeah. bands where like, if I was like, Hey, like, let's try a new song. They're like, what? We haven't like rehearsed that. And I need to know the da da da. I guess I'm just used to like, we have a, talk, we have in-ears and a talkback mic and we'll be in the middle of a song and a singer will walk back to the talkback mic. Like, guys, let's, uh. Let's go into this other song, but I'm going to, I don't usually do it in this key. We're going to, and we, this is while we're playing the, the previous song. He's like, we're going to try this, uh, like a step and a half up, like, and, uh, and three, two, one, <laughs> and like we're in My it, you favorite know? ever, Corey and I were doing a wedding and he was playing guitar and I started playing Pachelbel Cannon twice double speed. And he's supposed <laughs> to play the, da, 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 da. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was wicked baked or something. I don't know. And Corey was like, this is a ceremony. <laughs> They're walking Newport, down the aisle. Newport, Rhode <laughs> Island. Like this is this is as high state. Like where you say destination. Like people are like, oh, what's the most beautiful place in the United States? Let's go to Newport. Like that's literally like. Yeah, we're at a yacht club. Right. And Corey gets all ma- mad at me. He's like, dude, I can't even believe that you did that. I'm like, they don't fucking care. He's like, dude, but I care. I'm like they don't care. And you want to know what they did? They tipped us. They thanked us and gave us a five star review. 
because you guys were cool. The reason, yeah. The re- I, what, what he played it like Ingvay um, Malmsteen. It was, it was literally, it was like, it was too way too fast. Uh, and then when I was like, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you're playing too fast. You just stopped and then started over again. So that was <laughs> super professional. Um, anyways, I mean, it happens. It happens. They were filming us. What it comes down to is no one cared because then we went and you did the DJ thing. Everyone had a great time. By the end of the night, as long as the last song kills, no one gives a shit about anything else. That's what's That's important. 100% true. <laughs> we always film the last song and I, I always make them like, I'm like, hey man, we're doing it for faith. And, go, ah! and then if anyone's like, that night sucked, I'm like, I yeah. just send them the song, Dropbox. And I'm like, really? So on, on the note of Ben absolutely ruining someone's wedding uh z like <laughs> do you have any do you have any cool uh like stories from events like that maybe not ruining a wedding but anything unique that's happened or that you've had to like deal with last minute so actually um a few weeks ago uh we uh we had a gig for david it was for um i think it was for a nevada college they had like a award night awards night and um we had like a four specific songs. It, it, it was like a gala with dancers and, you know, singers. And so we, our band played um, a song. I can't remember the song, uh, but it was with one of the, one of the singers from the college. And so we had a sound check and it was actually in a completely different key. And we all have charts, right? <laughs> and <laughs> yep. And so the professor of the the student, like it was the best, best students were performing, you know, at that gala. And like one of the singers was performing, one of the students and the song just did not sit well with her voice. And, and her professor was like, what was this? I can't remember the key. And so we had to like drop the key, like on the spot and like, we killed it. I mean, we had to drop the key, like we killed, yeah. we, we dropped the key, like the whole step down. If we would be yeah. doing it like a half step or like, you know, step and a half, it would be harder to read. And the chart. <laughs> like what happens really... in Darset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know how I feel Wait, about that. But, you know, um, it wasn't like a super hard chart. So, so we had to do it. Like, and it was, I mean. It, so what, ap- what happened with Starset? Oh, just, you know, whenever we're doing acoustic things, a lot of times, like especially on these acoustic tours, we'll, you know, try and throw together an arrangement of one of the live songs. And if it's not feeling good in that key, it's like, all right, well, you know, we'll we'll play through and then all, you know, Z and I will do our charts, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, let's try it a half step down. Or let's do it a whole step down. Right. Oh, let's go back up the other step. And of course, you know, with the guitar, it's like, all right, slide the capo, you know, but then <laughs> right, Dowling exactly. is over in the corner sweating bullets like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I'm like, pulling up the chart. So let me look at the chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Shivani's actually she's really good with that. She's quick. But I remember my first times with Starset. Uh, my very first tour, this was happening a lot and like on the spot. And I was stressing. And um, I got better over the years. Uh, and Dustin is getting better with that too. Like we will practice it a few times and then we'll perform it, you know, in a different key. But it used to happen like on the spot, like during the VIPs, like, oh, I want to drop this half step down or, you know, step and a half down, like these weird keys, you know? Yeah, but come on, give it back to Dustin because Dustin knows that like Ron can fix the bus. Dustin knows that Siobhan can play piano. That's your favorite thing Dustin, to reference. Dustin knows that Brock can build a fucking desk. So, like, 
if he's like, hey, man, can you play the song in real time a step and a half lower? How could you not expect that huge, big brain, sexy ass dude to not expect you guys immediately, immediately to not wow. be a better? Like, I, because I, here, you know what? She's not on the show, but I don't think Mariko would complain. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so fucking kidding. Is there is there a program or an app that you can you can chart into that record like you know like speech not like you know how you can draw to text but it would do that with music notes that you could then like transpose or do anything like that does that does that exist? I think darling, can can you do like when you play something on a keyboard and it like as Dusty would say spits out the chart. (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean you could like i mean even when we do it in sibelius you i mean you have to go into the program and just like transpose it oh you mean just like transport like okay let's yeah yeah but not i mean no if you were in a situation like when we're in a situation it's like we've just played through the song and then 10 seconds later it's like let's try it a half step down there's no time to do anything i I have manifest in like four different keys (laughs) literally four different keys no, I'm, by the way, I'm just joking about the whole Dustin thing because you you guys are so talented that really, like, when you say that, like, but again, I know in my head, because, like, I learned very quickly when Siobhan came the first time to do Lost Symphony, I could be like, just write a harmony. And she'd do it right. If she didn't do it right by, like, the second time, I was surprised. Like, and that's the thing. I think, don't you think that being thrown to the fire has helped you get better? Because I feel like, I, I mean, Siobhan, since the first day I met her and now, like, she's it's amazing. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I would like, for example, we were talking about Sibelius, right? I've never had to transcribe anything and like write it down. Like I always like would just like listen and play. But when I joined the star set, they already had, they had three albums. They had two albums that were already out. And my first tour was uh, Divisions, which was their third album. And so the first two albums, Mariko wrote all the charts. Like she transcribed all the charts for me. Um, and so I had to like kind of memorize all of them. And then the, f- the third album, Divisions, I had to write them because she was already out. Mm-hmm. So I had to like transcribe that stuff and like write it down because it was just like so much to learn that I needed to write it down, you know, because there was so much memorization that that had to be done in like two months. So that's how I started to write star- stuff in Sibelius. And like your, your ears definitely get better because you're yeah. like forced to listen, even though you get, you get stems, you get string stems from Starset, but they're not separate. They're like not separate cello stems or violin stems. Yeah, and they're, and they're also probably played on a MIDI keyboard. Like to- and they're, they're mixed <laughs> like, with... No, like that note like doesn't mi- exist. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're like mixed with, uh, with MIDI. There's always like a MIDI yeah. on, the, on, you know, on the bottom. So it's kind of hard to like, you know, um, hear those yeah. parts, you know, like for the, uh, for, for people listening real quick, I just want the, the program you're talking about. Can you just explain that real quick for anyone that's not familiar? The, is it Sibelius? Uh, I think darling would be better yeah. at explaining. Yeah. I, I, no, I mean, it's so Sibelius, it's like a notation. So you might've heard of finale, but Sibelius is an avid product. So, um, you know, you can basically music notation, it could, orchestral scores or just single line scores and you can record like using the MIDI keyboard or you can notate it with the computer. So yeah, basically that's when we go through, you know, like for example, when I get the star set stems, I'll, I'll usually, you know, pull everything into my DAW and listen through everything and then 
notate it and then export the MIDI into Sibelius so I can get the actual notation so I could have like a PDF chart, you know, to pull up on a set list or something. Mm-hmm. So, cool. so you're like more advanced with that. Like I still, still just write everything, listen and writing, you know what I mean? Like I don't play like on a keyboard and then, you know, through the Sibelius. Yeah. Well, it depends. Like, so even coming back to your company, like when I do arrangements for, for her, you know, if it's, I'm, I had to do a bunch of Bollywood arrangements for this gig that she had. So I'll pull the. By the way, by the way, it was a great success. Good. Yeah. Great they were success. literally asking me if we have a CD. Like with our recordings. <laughs> wow. Nice. How like, old we'll, are we'll they? Buy it. I'm like, mm. so yeah. The 85 so year old. Can I buy a CD? <laughs> Do you have CDs? I will say though, but I mean, Give Bollywood music here. Yeah, no, but I've never, I mean, and I've had to arrange things before and I don't know if you've ever had to do this Z, but like Bollywood music, I've never had to actually adapt it to like classical instruments like string quartet and a lot of it's super rhythmic and kind of like different like rhythmic subdivisions so it was i didn't want to i didn't want to derail the conversation too much but uh i gotta ask like how the hell do you arrange bollywood music is that something you've done before (laughs) like that's that's like oh Siobhan just arranged some Bollywood you know score. like it's like that where where'd that come from? No, I'm, well, I'm Dallin, sure it was ahead. definitely challenge. I mean to to pick the the lines from the song to make a point of the song that 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 was challenging. I'm sure Siobhan, it was challenging. Yeah. I'm sure it was challenging for you to write it, transcribe it, and it was definitely challenging for us to like. It's not something that you can just come in and side read. Like we yeah. we had to get together and go over those charts. Yeah, well, so this, I mean, it was a necessity. So I, I remember we were on the acoustic tour and, and and Z got a request for a gig and she's like, oh, well, they, you know, they want, and I had done a few arrangements for her before because, you know, this happens. You, somebody wants a, a certain ensemble and then they want a certain piece played for the ceremony or a cocktail hour and it doesn't, maybe it exists online, but it's a bad arrangement. It's for the wrong instrumentation. So, you know, you have to then go back to the client and say, okay, well, if you want this and you want it for this ensemble, we have to do a special arrangement you know, and then you need somebody that knows how to arrange it. So this client that she had wanted Bollywood music. And, you know, she asked me, oh, would you be up for this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's got to come from the same skill set, but I mean, it was, it was difficult because you think of like, okay, you got a pop song or a rock song and you've got your intro, you've got a verse and like a chorus. And then there's like some repetition, but a lot of the Bollywood music, even if it's more pop, like contemporary there's a lot of variation and it's super rhythmic. And if you don't have a cajon or a drum set or something, you have to figure out like, how can you adapt those ry- rhythmic elements to these melodic instruments? So it, it was, mm-hmm. it was tricky. Well, that's hilarious that you say that. Cause I remember one time Corey and I were supposed to do like a wedding ceremony and they asked us if we could do the true romance theme. Uh, I'm like, it's on like that. It's a marimba and like a drum. Is like what the theme is to that song. I'm like, we're a pianist and a guitar player. Like, do you want me to hit the side of the piano? Like, and like, I'm sure I could have arranged something, but like, it's amazing. Like, it's it's just amazing to me. Like, to how much is that worth for your time? Because I mean, like, okay, so this is like this is part of the information gap, though, because it's like like even coming back to your brand, for example, some people will say. Like, oh, can you play? I want this song to be played at my wedding ceremony, but I want only a solo acoustic violinist. And I have to come back and say, like, mm-hmm. I appreciate that this is what you want. Um, I don't think that I would recommend doing that because, first of all, it's not going to sound the way you think it's going to sound. And 
Like it's just, and I think it's, it's not necessarily their fault. I mean, some people just don't understand that you can't take like a thick texture that has like harmonic elements and mm-hmm. put it on a solo acoustic instrument. And oh, by the way, it's outside. And oh, by the way, there's no amplification, you know? Yeah. So part of our job too, is to go back and say, listen, it's going to cost more to do it the right way, but this is how I would recommend you do it. You either arrange it for a bigger ensemble or you have some sort of backing tracks or like something. And you have to be like, this is really, really what you need take it or leave it. And again, some people will take your advice and have like, okay, so do you think that maybe string trio would be better? Or what do you recommend string quartet? And some people will just stay stubborn. They're like, no, we just want a solo violinist or a solo <laughs> yeah. cellist. It will be fine. No, but it's a damage to you though. I mean, like, but I honestly right. believe that if you go back and then you do that, then you go, you play, you feel stupid because nobody can hear you. It doesn't sound the way it's supposed to. And then inevitably the people are going to think, well, this cellist or violinist doesn't know what they're doing because they're, this sounds silly. Right. Well, so I have couples like sometimes call and, and I, and one of the reasons I say that, like, look, this is why people give me good reviews is because I try to save them from themselves because you're not expected to know this stuff. <laughs> Let me well, save you from yourself. <laughs> that should be the byline on your website, saving you from yourself. Do you arrange string music? Oh, you don't? Okay. So like, for example, you know, somebody said to me the other day, like, we want to do a 60s and 70s theme for our wedding. I'm like, okay, my, my fiance only wants 60s and 70s music. How old are you? 30. How old are your friends? Mostly 30. Do they like to dance? Yeah. It's not going to work. And they're like, what do you, well, he's, it's a guy calling me. And I'm like, listen, do you want to go back and, 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 and be the coolest dude to your, to your fiance ever? I'm like, so what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to get everyone to come and have a great party and kick them out at the end of the night because they're like so, so enthralled, like they've gone across the country with their chicks and their dudes and like they put on their dress and their, their suits and then they came and then they listened to a bunch of music that they didn't know. I'm like, because basically, do you want a 60s, 70s theme or do you want to look like it's 60s, 70s and then play Justin Bieber because that gets your friends going? I'm like, listen, I'll show up and be like Andy Kaufman, like reading the, the, uh, the great Gatsby to you and the entire crowd until everybody just leaves systematically. Like, I'll play Metallica, but I promise you, your grandma won't dance unless she's the coolest grandma ever. <laughs> Save them from themselves. Great rant. There's a lesson somewhere buried in this, in this episode. Um, and <laughs> as we come to an end, it's up Leave to you Leave it to the professionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you don't. All, all that craziness that you would never have to deal with, of course, if you hired Zuzana uh, and Las Vegas Music Oasis. So be sure to check her out. Um, this is part one. We're going to come back with part two and we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper. Um, anything you want to tell people about? Any cool projects coming up or any, anything you want to let people know about? Starts at the European tour. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> when does that kick off? Uh, I think our first show is in, is it in London? Around yeah, it's at the we, at the end of February. Like yeah, February yeah. So end of February through the end of March, more or less. Yeah, it's cool. uh, actually it's only four weeks now because we don't go to Russia, so it's a short one. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's a smart it's a smart decision. Smart move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, check out two zero two zero dash d dot com. Co- like Corey, do you not remember? Do you not remember our sponsor, Lost Symphony? That we actually have a song that's going to come out at some point this year that not only features no, Z I forgot down about there, Lost Symphony, but she has a solo. She has a solo <laughs> that in the is, song. That is saving you from yourself, why, Corey. <laughs> why don't we? Uh, why don't we dive deep into that in part two? 
uh, we'll talk a little bit about Lost Symphony and the new single that will be coming out. Uh, you some performed point. in front of Ferraris and Lamborghinis. That's right. That's how I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Subscribe. 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe. Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode 111, featuring Miles Kennedy of Alter Bridge. Check it out. What I find is that when I become indecisive, the best thing to do is to set it aside and get away from it. And sometimes it requires that I get away from it for a very long time and then go back and listen with fresh ears. And then you, it's, a lot of times it's very easy. So next time you're in that situation, maybe just step away from it and then come back and listen and go, and it, it'll, 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 the, the universe will help guide you. Trust me. And, and it's amazing how many times that's happened. It's been very beneficial. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.